Welcome to the Open Sourcing Mental Illness Podcast. Each episode is an interview with someone from the tech community that has been impacted by mental health issues. Hello, my name is Joe Ferguson. I'm a board member for the Open Sourcing Mental Illness, a 501c3 nonprofit charity that's focused on changing how we talk about mental health in the tech industry. Today, I'm talking to a friend of mine, Mark Relton, who is a developer in Dublin, Ireland, and has been a volunteer with Osby since we first opened up the volunteers earlier this year. Mark, how's it going? Not too bad, Joe, thanks. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, as uh, as we were just laughing about, I just woke up, and Ed has been uh, harping on me for uh, not putting out another podcast. It's been a couple of months since we did another podcast episode, and due to several things changing around my life uh, with jobs and uh, other issues and uh, scheduling conflicts, I think you and I actually had an episode scheduled, and then one of us had to bail, and then we tried to reschedule, and then one of us bailed on that again or something to that effect. So uh, I... Months I'm, ago, I had to feel because of basically what we're talking about today. I had severe mental health issues that day. Ah, yeah, yes, that's right. I remember that now. So yeah, so I'm glad we finally got uh, got to this point. Um, so just to give uh, people a little bit of background, since you are uh, an Osme volunteer, I would love to hear kind of how you got involved with Osme, how you found Osme, and uh, how you got to the point now where you're one of the volunteers that we throw random tasks on. Sure. So. Basically, I find Osme the way probably a lot of people have, random things on the internet. I've heard it mentioned at different conferences over in the UK quite a bit. And around the time I started hearing about it was also around the time I realized that I have mental health issues. Um, I did receive a diagnosis from a doctor before I found Osme. So I already was aware of mental health issues and I was trying to find out more about mental health and tech. And yeah, through different things, I seen Ozzy Ed kicked off his campaign for speaking and wanted to get involved, didn't really know how to because as I say, it's a 501c3 in the States, not much set up really in Ireland. And I sent a random email one day saying, I want to get involved. I would love to try and help bring Osme to Ireland. What can I do? I was invited to Slack and yeah, I've been hanging around ever since. That was, yeah, probably January of this year. Yeah. yeah th- January this year, yeah. Yeah, January is kind of when uh, we, we got, we finally got all of our 501c3 squirreled away uh, late last year. And it was a situation of, okay, we're a real thing now. Let's, uh, what do we do now? And uh, it's like, oh, we have all these people wanting to help. Let's put them all in Slack and see what happens. And lots of awesome things have happened. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, I also want to kind of tell the story of how you and I found each other because it was kind of, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, it was two or three years ago now, uh, you and I were both uh, trying to complete the 24 days of pull requests or 24pullrequests.com. And I was uh, deep into Laravel country. I was all about trying to find Laravel projects to contribute to. I had just uh, written this plugin for using Homestead in a per project uh, fashion where Homestead is the virtual environment for Laravel and it's based on Vagrant and it was I made it really easy to install in a project, but uh, I hadn't yet become the maintainer for Homestead and I was kind of mad that they broke this ability in the previous version. So one of my first pull requests is I found a project um, called Simple Lance that was uh, made by you. And it was a tool that was uh, designed to help uh, freelancers uh, invoice and keep track of time and, and, and that kind of stuff. And it was, it was more of a project for you to, to kind of stretch your Laravel skills or your PHP skills, right? 
Yeah, so this was, Simple Dance was like, I think the second project that I had actually undertaken to teach myself PHP development. Um, at the time, I wasn't, when I started Simple Dance, I wasn't working as a developer. I was working in tech support. And yeah, I really wanted to get into web development, especially PHP development. And I needed a, well, I thought I needed a complex project to sink my teeth into. Um, so yeah, I submitted the 24 pull requests because I didn't have a clue. I was way <laughs> over my head. I, I mean, I was doing stupidly horrible things, which I'm sure you can still have nightmares over seeing. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? I submitted 24 pull requests randomly and unexpectedly. I got a pull request from this guy, Joe, I'd never heard of, basically adding a homestead instance into the project not known anything about open source or what the kind of ethos and the kind of etiquette was. I was like, yeah, sweet, boom, merge. I did like five minute test to make sure it kind of spun up and that was it straight away. And then I think shortly after you submitted another uh, uh, pull request adding some code section tests, yeah. which at that stage I thought like, you know what? This guy's kind of helpful. <laughs> Yeah, my my plan uh, was to find projects that didn't have like a centralized development environment, throw Homestead into it, and then I realized that they didn't have much of a test suite. So I was like, hey, we can start adding some tests to this pretty quick. Test suite, it didn't have <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to learn Codeception at the time. So I mean Codeception was new and shiny to me, and I just I had just figured out how to get it all wired up and running, let alone try to incorporate it into another project. So I was kind of totally using simple ants as a guinea pig for, for for this so looking back that's that's kind of funny and it's kind of what side projects are for right it's to to take those test ideas and and flush them out before you before you're ready to take them to your boss and say i know react js but i can show you i know react js because i've done all these side projects and and that was definitely codeception for me at the time it was like yes we can check out this new testing suite and it's really awesome so yeah, like uh, I think after two or three pull requests, you just invited me to to in, straight into the repo, and I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, that was yeah, that's awfully brave of you." <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, I get part of me I didn't understand the etiquette and how you know, actually how to run an, uh, an open source project. I hadn't been involved in any open source at that point, and I needed help. Um, I had started kicking around the idea of actually just doing a rewrite in Laravel, and I know we spoke a little bit. And we're like, yeah. screw it, let's do, do that. Like, that's because this, this system's horrible. Like, I thought I was doing OOP and trying to be really smart with what I was doing, but it was just includes everywhere. And yeah, it was, it was nasty. Well, I've definitely seen worse from other developers. So don't feel too bad. I mean, it was uh, for one of your first PHP projects that you were brave enough to put out on GitHub, it, it wasn't too bad. So, so, so I'm sure that definitely took a, uh, a good uh, good amount of effort to get to the point where you felt confident enough to, to push that out because I still have dozens of projects. Even today, I have dozens of projects that will never see GitHub because I, I'm just too terrified to, to put the code out there in its current state. So I have some project that project that as well. Yeah, I, th I think all developers do, you know, for the for the most part, it's like, uh, yeah, I just wanted to play with this one tool. And uh, I found out that I, I hate it, or I'm terrible at it. And, and nobody ever needs to see this. That's, that's totally fine. What, yeah. what, what freaks me out is when people find me on GitHub, and then they go and they star a, a repository that I haven't touched in a year and a half or two years, because I don't, I don't delete anything on GitHub, because I feel like it's important for 
not only me, but other developers to see what kind of crappy code I was writing in 2013 and see how far I've come compared to the stuff that I'm either contributing back to open source projects today or code that I'm actually greenfield code that I'm writing and pushing out on my own GitHub uh, repositories today. And I get kind of a lot of questions about that when, when I'm at conferences and stuff and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we see that you have so many GitHub repos. How do you manage all of them? And it's like, uh, I don't really. There's only probably 10 or 15 repos out of the 100 or so I have on GitHub that are active, that are under active development. And what I mean by active development is I've, is I've even opened the project in an editor in the past six months. Uh, not even made changes or anything. Just I just opened it up and said, yep, I remember this code and we're just going to close this editor now. Yeah, we're I think gonna... I have two projects at the minute that I own that are kind of <laughs> halfway. Um, one being my own personal website, which I actually uh, killed earlier this month and put on the WordPress because I just couldn't be bothered anymore. I, I have done the same thing. I About a year and a half ago, I said, okay, I, I keep getting bogged down in the details of the system that I'm using, and I know I just need to crank out more content. And right now, content is more important for me, and WordPress ticks all those boxes. Now, I have several disagreements with the WordPress community. I have several things that I wish they did differently, but it is still a fantastic tool for blogging, especially oh, yeah. if you if you don't want to get into the mechanics of how and you just want to push content, it is an amazing, fantastic platform. I've bought a couple of subscriptions to some theme services. So I kind of I kind of have some some fancy plugins that help me build content in specific ways. And I I I have tons of respect for WordPress as a product, uh, just because of what it allows non-coders to do. I mean, as yeah. a devel as developers, you and I have, I mean, when we think about WordPress, we're thinking about the code, we're thinking about the fact that they support so many different versions of PHP, and we would probably be much happier if they would support just the newer versions just to help yeah. people forward. But we have to remember that they're still supporting customers that have been on uh, their hosting plans for probably almost a decade at this point. So there, there's I have a ton of respect for the team that is able to pu push out code uh, changes like that and still be able to maintain backwards compatibility. Uh, it, it's definitely a solid product. So it's... You know, when when it comes when it came to Osme, we actually went with the uh, uh, Statamic, and I always struggle to say that word, but it is Statamic. Uh, it is a flat file CMS built on Laravel, and the main reason was I think Ed just wanted to poke around with Statamic, and I reached out to the Statamic team, and I was like, "Hey, I know you guys are charging license fees, and I totally get that. That's fine, but would you consider a sponsorship for Osme? Because at the time, Osme was at the end of the last financial." Uh, fundraising, we were kind of tight on money. Uh, Ed was still doing conferences almost every week, and that was where all of our budget was going at the money at the time. And I was like, "Hey, do you, would you guys trade a sponsorship on the Osme site for a license?" And they like immediately responded back, going, "Yes, here's a license. You're good to go." And I was like, "Great, now I get to learn Satamic." And then I ended up just handing that to Ed and like, "Here you go, Ed. You go do this." And he did it, and the site's fantastic. Yeah, the site's pretty good. So let's talk about let's let's shift back to Osmi a little bit since this is the Osmi podcast and not the creating creating your new blog with WordPress and Satamic site or, or podcast. Uh, we we'll, we can start that podcast next week. Uh, so tell tell me or let's talk about why Osmi is important to you. Well, the main thing there is like, within tech, there's such a stigma around mental health. You know, no matter what way you try and code it, it's there, and. Being one, a tech worker, like I've always been in tech since for the last decade, even though I've only been in development for three years. 
And like I've actually been suffering mental health issues probably going on 13 years now without even realizing that I was suffering from mental health issues. And basically from what I've seen through Osme already through before I started volunteering, you know, the help and trying to destigmatize mental health, I thought I have to help. I have to get in there because if I can help spread that word that helps one person, I've done my life's work. You know, if I can one person realize that even though they're suffering mental health does not mean they're less of a developer or they're less of a tech person or person at all, then I'm happy. You know, that's, I want people to know that, you know, it's okay not to be okay, which is the core message of mental health advocates everywhere. You know, absolutely. It, it comes down to the fact that you're sick. It's just that, you know, it's not the flu. It's not, you know, uh, it's not congestion. It's not uh, a cold. It's, you know, depression. It's anxiety. Well, it's, it's mental health is a hidden illness. And my previous job trying to tell people that was a challenge, but having been able to have people understand and accept that, you know, mental health issues are physical mental issues. They're, it's a real health issue. You know, I may look fine, but deep inside, I'm having probably one of the worst days of my life. And you'll never know about it. Right. And I've got that good at hiding that you're not going to know I have actually a, a serious illness. Right. And one of the things that I always refer to people is when Ed was talking, you know, in, in all of Ed's talks, he talks about the fact that, you know, people are wearing glasses. Ed wears glasses. You and I both are wearing glasses and it's not, a, there's no stigma around the fact that we both need glasses to see properly or contacts or whatever. There's no stigma there. So, you know, why, why, why is there such a stigma about mental health? And it's just because of this, you know, unseen disease and it's, it's hard or it's easy to say, Oh, well, they're just faking it. They're just wanting time off. They're just wanting, um, special treatment or whatever, but you, you really can't see when somebody's having, you know, a, a manic episode or a depressed, a de a, a, an event of depression or, or some episode where they're just not feeling well. Uh, and you recently uh, talked a little bit about uh, the fact that you kind of got burnout uh, at work and uh, ended up going to your boss. I'd love to hear about, about that experience. Sure. So uh, not, if I, not last week as we we're recording this week before, so middle of September, um, my direct manager was out of town on vacation and I just, things were getting on top of me, both at work and at home, and I wasn't managing my mental health properly. I, looking back, I can see that. Um, I also wasn't taking my medication for purely because I suck at taking medication, even though I need it. But I, it was a Thursday afternoon and I was on the phone with my wife, Sarah, who is long suffering and probably the best thing ever to happen to me because she knows how to manage me, even when I can't manage myself. She's learned that very quickly. And we were, I was on the phone to her just at lunchtime, and she said, look, go and speak to this boss. Like, you know, go and speak to the next boss, the Andrew. It's like, you need to take time off. You need to get yourself sorted. It's like, you're not well. It's like, you're not concentrating. You're not getting done. So I plucked up the courage. I went to speak to our CEO, Andrew, and basically said, like, look, I." At that time, I'd already told my direct boss that I suffer from mental health issues, who's been fantastic. He's really understanding and had said, if you ever need anything, let me know. So I went to CEO and I said, look, 
I don't know if my boss has told you this, but I suffer from, at times, pretty serious depression. First of all, he looks shocked, and then he just looks in and says, okay, well, you're telling me this, you know, what can I do? And immediately, I was kind of, it disarmed me. I was like, whoa, like, he's actually really accepting already. And I just thought, you know what, let's, like, I'm going to go for it. But I said to him, look, I'm struggling, I can't get undone, and, like, Andrew, I really need a day off, or a couple of days off. It's like, the problem is, I have one day vacation left this year. And I would rather hold on to it in case something comes up. It's like, what's our company's policy on sick leave for mental health? So he kind of looked a bit perplexed, a bit kind of concerned. And I was like, to be honest, I don't know. It's like, tell you what, take a couple of days off, we'll sort it out. And I said, well, do you want me to take out one day I have for annually? He was like, no, like, forget that. It's like, you need a couple of days off, take it. Like, you know, I was like, tomorrow's Friday, take the day. Let me know on Sunday how you're feeling. If you're going to come in Sunday, brilliant. If not, you know, we'll figure it out. And like, I, I sat there and I was like, whoa, thank you. It's like, I just couldn't comprehend that. Like, I'd never spoken to Andrew about these issues before, but the fact that he was just so accepting and realized that, yeah, it's like mental health issues are a real issue. And he's like, you know, you could see that I was struggling because like, I was trembling sitting in front of him. You know, I was basically laying bare to one of the most senior people in my company saying, I have this issue, which in, especially in Ireland, is really stigmatized. So I was like, lay it all out there. And he was so accepting and said, look, go home now. Like, go ahead. Couldn't quite go home then because I had an interview to give. We were hiring for a new developer. But he said, like, once that's done, get out of here. And to be honest with you, taking off the next day really helped. It's like, I was able to, spent a bit longer in bed than usual which is always helpful and then I got up I took care of a few things that kind of had been on my mind to do and then by that evening I was starting to feel a little bit better it's kind of coming out of the, the fog as such and by Sunday evening I was in a much different place and I put that down the fact I was able to take that day off and not worried that oh somebody's going to think I'm faking it you know I, right. I came into work on the Monday and like everyone was fine like there was no kind of oh, where were you or you know it was just like oh mark's here sweet that's awesome that's uh th- that's really great that that he was so open and i can totally relate to being so terrified about that I, i've never had to go uh to my boss's boss about that kind of thing but i've definitely gone to my bosses before and been like hey uh, so this is what's going on, and this is why I'm not performing well today. This is not why I'm having good days. And it's definitely been a situation where some bosses have ha- have have taken that much better than others. And it's uh, it's definitely uh, a struggle to be uh, to have the confidence to even go talk to them about that kind of thing because it's like, oh, now you're that person on the team that you know you're the depressed one. You're the the mental health. Uh, you know, issue of the office now, and there's even more stigma on top of all of on on anything else at the day job about that. And I, I I'm very fortunate that I haven't uh, run into that. And it sounds like you have an amazing CEO that's going to support you in in terms like that. So you mentioned that you you know you're kind of terrible at taking your medications. What what uh, what is your process for getting better at that? What's 
what's the uh you know do you have a like a plan do you have timers do you you know what do you do to ensure or to catch you if you're if you're not taking meds the main plan to be honest with you is my wife <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so cliche but you know we especially really last week when this all kind of came to head and i had to take that time off my wife sarah turned around and said like have you been taking your medication and I instantly felt like a school child. Cause I think, no, you know, I was like, I, I didn't, my fault. So like, obviously as we're speaking now, I'm in my home office. So what we've done is basically I have a little pillbox, one of these kind of daily reminder things. So I put, yep, <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> yeah. So like, I just, I keep my meds in there. And I mean, I, even yesterday I had an issue where like, I'm only implementing this today. So yesterday, like I, all last week, really good at taking my meds, taking them every day. Sitting here yesterday evening, I'm like, I can't remember if I took my meds today. It's like, I think I might have. And sometimes like, I don't want to double up just in case because it's not the type of thing you want to double up on. Right. So kind of like, we'll see. And I was like, well, just I'll leave it for today because I'm not sure. So like I instantly went and got the pill box. I'm like, right. Yeah. Like, so from today, that's getting filled and... <laughs> So, so when I started taking uh, meds, I also started taking uh, diabetic meds because I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes at the same time. And uh, diabetes is definitely not any meds you want to double up on or miss. Yeah. And so, so I, went, I went full on into the pillbox theory and I was like, yep, these are the meds. This is what I'm taking them. And I have, I've managed to skip a couple of uh, like doses here and there so i take i take meds in the morning i take meds after uh after i eat and or or when i eat dinner and um i've i've often skipped out on the nights versions of the meds but i've i've only ever skipped one day i don't think i've ever skipped a full day but i've definitely skipped either morning meds and caught it early in the afternoon or i've skipped the night meds and caught it the next morning but i still don't double up because uh, if you've ever taken uh, diabetic uh, type two meds, uh, it's not stuff you want to double up on because it's severe. Yeah, it's side effects times a thousand uh, if you double up on too much of that too fast. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely the pillbox has definitely helped me. Um, my my wife Kara is also amazing in terms of handling me and dealing with me. Uh, we both went and did the mental health first aid training, and that was uh, that was interesting to go through together. Uh, and recognizing that because she kept looking at me through uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the discussions and such, I, I kept getting the side eye. I was and I, and I definitely could relate to a lot of the scenarios. Laughing here because I met your wife. I know how awesome she is. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that side eye look. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was an awesome uh, experience. Uh, if you have the ability to go get mental health first aid uh, in the United States, it's a, it's a very big thing. Um, it's an eight hour day program. Usually you can go get it done or, or, or get trained in it for free. It's usually on a Saturday. Um, there's a great organization. If you're in the Memphis area listening to this, reach out to me. I can point you out to Church Health Center where Kara and I went, and it was amazing. Uh, it was a really great experience. It, was, uh, it definitely helped me as, a, uh, as someone who suffers from mental health issues and someone who interacts with a lot of people who have mental health issues. It's definitely prepared me better to be able to notice when someone may be suffering from uh, a, a, an episode uh, to whatever degree and be and, and have the right tools to 
properly kind of talk them down to make sure that they're taking care of themselves to kind of know when authorities or some some uh, organization uh, or healthcare provider needs to be involved um, you know that's that's obviously a drastic last step but I definitely feel like I'm I'm much better prepared even in the workplace when I can tell a coworker maybe having a bad day I, you know I feel like I can go and talk to them and kind of you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not a mental health professional. So it's not like I'm going to say, come lay down on my couch and, you know, tell me all your personal uh, issues, but I, I know how to engage them. And I feel like I, I can safely engage them and, and kind of, you know, check on them. And, and even, even people in the, the honest me Slack channel, uh, I, I reach out and I ping people every now and then if I, especially if I don't hear from them for a few days, I'll, I'll reach out and say, Hey, how's it going? I'm just checking in. And, that has uh, that has been pretty pretty good experience as well. So the other thing that you, that I heard you mentioned is specifically the stigma on mental health in Ireland. And since you're obviously in Ireland, I'm definitely curious to hear about uh, if 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 mental health is the is this big taboo topic like it kind of is in the tech world in the U.S. Yeah. So there is like maybe not so much in the tech world, but generally like just generally in society in Ireland there is still a big stigma around mental health issues. You know, you get the holes like, well, you don't look sick. And like, well, show me what a depressed person looks like. You know, <laughs> right. You know, you line up 10 people, five of those people could be suffering from depression, you'd never know. Uh, you know, I myself, like I've had friends of mine after I received my diagnosis uh, four years ago, like just over four and a half years ago, saying it's like, well, you don't look like you have depression. I'm like, well, of course I don't. I was like, I just look like a normal person. I just happen to have this mental illness, you know, that I'm thankfully now being medicated for. So you get a lot of, you know, the whole invisible illness. So people just don't recognize it. They don't understand. And through that, again, you get the whole, all of your faking. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. So it's just trying, like, at the minute, there is a lot of work being done to try and educate people on mental health issues, especially for youth with mental health. Um, there's a singer who's quite famous in Ireland, uh, Brezzi, and he actually gave uh, testimony to our government on mental health issues in Ireland. It's actually a really interesting talk. I'll, I'll find this when we put it in the show notes. But it was basically, he himself suffered from mental health issues and sat before our government, our, our Senate, and basically laid it out bare this is what's happening in our country. There's also issues where like, the services in Ireland just aren't there. Um, like we, there's been loads of government studies and I actually gave a talk uh, this day last month, uh, my first actual user group talk, which was centered around mental health issues, where I kind of went through a lot of the kind of, you know, our government are saying they're doing this, but you know what, they've done nothing. So because of that, and because of how hard it can be to access services, people just they don't recognize depression they don't recognize mental health issues as actually being a medical issue you know and if you use the general term mental health issues they immediately think of schizophrenia they they think you're crazy basically whereas when you try and say that you know i suffer from depression they're like oh we all get a bit down at times and that's actually the one one retort that winds me up the most is when someone turns around and says oh we all get a bit down at times like yeah, we all get it down, but like, I have a chemical imbalance in my brain that forces me to be down. 
like you know you're a bit down because your favorite football team lost the match like i'm down because you know i don't know why like there's some weird chemical in my brain that's telling me not to feel good. I really wish I could just switch the flip that switch or the, yeah. the great, the great comeback that always, that always sets me off is have you just tried not being depressed? Oh. And, and I, I have gotten myself in trouble on Twitter a couple of times where, <laughs> where I have said this to Ed, uh, the, the lovely founder of, uh, of Osme and, and Ed and I joke about this kind of stuff, uh, probably more than we should. And uh, I got my wrist slapped on Twitter for, for telling Ed, well, have you just tried not being depressed? And Ed gets that as a joke. Ed laughed that off. I'm sure he did. Uh, he told me he did. But, you know, when it comes to the, you know, two very visible people on Twitter talking about Osme and then, you know, saying that it probably wasn't the right thing to say. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that, uh, and, and that also speaks volumes to the relationship that Ed and I have, where we can kind of just tell each other that kind of stuff. You know, just stop being, stop being depressed, Ed. Just get over it. Yeah, we tried that's, squinting. That's one thing I love about Osme is the volunteers at Osme. Um, there's myself, Ozzy, yourself, and a, a mutual good friend, both of ours, uh, Gary Hawken, who is a guy who I absolutely love to bits. We, oh, we rip each other's threads and slack. Um, I've forgotten how many times he's threatened to ban me. It's quite high. But <laughs> at the same time, like when we're together, it's like, you know, we we understand what each other's going through. You know, we understand. There, there is that camaraderie there. That, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that definite. Uh, and a lot of us have very sarcastic personalities to where yeah. <laughs> if, if we can't joke about it or give each other a hard time, then, you know, we know it's a, a really serious issue. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like there's times I kind of worry that somebody else might see some of the conversations in our Slack because it, that's it, kind it, of why we preface this the, the the Slack invite with a okay, look, yeah. you may think you know what you're getting into, but uh, you should probably avoid these other channels. Yeah, I mean, the outsider it looks like hatred. That, <laughs> yeah. that, I think it does like a pure hatred to the outsider, but I think we just got the, the level of trust in each other that knowing fine rightly that it's off the cuff there's no malice there's no hurt involved it's right it's 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 definitely commiserating the the feeling and uh it's definitely a a bonding thing as terrible as that sounds as (laughs) we we make fun of each other and it's a bonding experience it's great no it's it's you know i guess you just have to to know our personalities so the other thing that you mentioned I can kind of play on that because, you know, it's seen as an Irish sense of humor. So, (laughs) but for other people, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to make sure we covered is you mentioned it briefly. The, the, that Irish uh, healthcare seems to not have a lot of uh, services around. So, so I know with the, in the U S are a lot of our mental health uh, programs. And if you've watched the news, our mental health care system is kind of, (laughs) It's going through a little bit of a rough time right now. Uh, but uh, right now, we actually have, I think, more covered people than we've ever had before. More people have access to healthcare services. Uh, although mental health care is not among the top tier highest priority, uh, it is getting better than it, than it has been. Uh, a lot more uh, facilities and a lot more companies are offering uh, either employee assistant programs that either cover substance abuse programs or mental health programs. You know, they can subsidize uh, getting you to 
uh, to see a doctor to talk about uh, whatever may be bothering you, whether it's addiction, um, substance abuse, or mental health issues. So what does that look like in Ireland? In Ireland, I mean, there are services there. It's definitely accessible, but it's trying to get there. So like, especially in Ireland, the main point of contact is your GP, is your family doctor. So I've been to my GP a couple of times um, to have meds tweaked, actually go off meds at one point and then realized, big mistake, I need to get straight back on them. Um, through that, the only real services or the only real next step is for him to basically refer me to a private counsellor. Unless I got to the point where I was, and this is going to sound so flippant and I apologise for it, but unless I was standing on a bridge, then I would get emergency mental health care. And until so you're at the point where you're contemplating hurting yourself or hurting yeah. someone else, sure, sure. Unless you're at the point where somebody's life's in danger, there is next to no services here in Ireland that I personally have found and I've been looking. There Now, there are other charities, there's organisations out there you're trying to change that and you're trying to find services. But because with the way the Irish healthcare is, not too similar to American healthcare, like there is no kind of NHS that they have in the UK or healthcare in Canada. Right. You know, Erin is all self-paid for. And unfortunately, services aren't funded by the government to any decent extent. So a lot of them are priced outside of what people can afford. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea. That's That's interesting. It, mental health care in Ireland can be quite expensive if you're going private, which for the most part is the only way to get mental health care, unless you're at a point where, like myself, you're like, obviously I've been diagnosed before I am able to manage my depression through medication and through lifestyle. But for somebody who has much more serious uh, infliction of mental health issues, you know, who may need hospitalization care or stuff like that, it's generally only available if you're at a case where someone may get hurt. And as I mentioned as well about youth, I mean, like we've instances hit in the news recently where like vulnerable teenagers, 13, 14 years of age, are being busy locked up in adult mental health uh, hospitals because there's nothing for youth. Like there is no mental health care for youth at all. And so they're treated alongside adults who they really should not be anywhere near when they're that young and that vulnerable. Right. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. So to kind of wrap up this episode, uh, thanks for listening. This has been the open sourcing mental health podcast. Uh, my guest this time was the amazing Mark Relton. Um, Mark, if, if somebody is in Ireland watching this and uh, they're like, Hey, I may have some, some mental health issues. What's, what would be your advice uh, to somebody watching this in Ireland? Number one advice is go see your GP. If you're not on a medical card, it is 50 to 60 euro. It can be pricey, but the very first step, see your GP. Um, the majority of GPs are going to have some form of training to be able to recognize at the very least if you need help or not. Um, they'll be able to get you on medication or they can refer you out to where you may be able to get more help. Other than that, um, obviously OSME is a fantastic resource. A lot of the, there's a, quite a few charities from the UK, I think mind.org.uk um, has a lot of resources as well. But number one help, go see your GP. If you are in a really bad place, if you are 
basically if you're at a point where you're considering hurting yourself, get to the emergency room straight away, please. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, please give us some feedback at info at osmihelp.org. You can find out more about open sourcing mental illness at osmihelp.org. Thanks a lot. Thank you.